Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Hey, 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 hey,
<laughs> I always like the hey stragglers. Like there's always like a, a couple stragglers. So uh hey <laughs> it takes a while to get to the unmute button, Bill. Oh man, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So uh I want to start first with five like get out of your head principles. Just like get out of your head. Can I get an unmute and a yes if you want to get out of your head? Yes. 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 Okay. All right. Good. 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 Can I get one more yes? Do you want to get out of your head? Yes. 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 Okay. 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 So, I had all this stuff prepared, and right before, uh, you know, right before my segment, I was like, you know what? I got to go through these five things because these five things, like, if these five things aren't happening then you're just going to move slower, like in every area of your life. So first thing I want to start with is add a zero to your goals. I know, I know, I know, I know. (sighs) Yeah, I had to start with that. Yeah, and that's financially, okay? So I need everyone to make a commitment right now. I'm at least going to play with the belief I'll say that again. I'm going to play with the belief of adding a zero onto my goals. Can I get a yes that you're going to add a zero onto your financial goal? Yes. 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 Just play with it for a second. It's not going to bite you. It's just a goal. Just put a zero after it. And then ask yourself, who must I be? See, most people ask the question, after you add a zero to your goals, we ask the question, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What what kind of money do I need? What what kind of resources would I need? What kind of time freedom would I need? What kind of da 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 That's the what. The higher value question is, who do I need to become? What is the identity of the person that would have a zero after the goal? Who is that person? So the second step is to stop contemplating. Like there's a difference between a goal and a commitment. And I just started kind of talking about this recently. Complete difference. A goal, like the word goal has become overused in our society, right? Everyone sets goals. I have a goal to lose weight. I have a goal to start a business. I have a goal, blah, blah, blah. So then stop using the word goal. If it's not working, change it. So in my mind, I changed the word goal to commitment. Because a commitment to me is like burn the ships. This is happening. Like a goal. I've used the word goal so much to myself that it it doesn't even mean anything. I wrote all my goals out this morning at like 5 a.m. with a blue light. It's one of my morning routine habits which sets my circadian rhythm for, so I wake up at the same time every day. So it's like this blue light. I write down five things I'm grateful for and then write down all my big goals and then my purpose statement. And, you know, sometimes I write them down like, dang, I've written these goals down every single day. And sometimes in my head, I have to change the language I'm using because the language you use externally all comes from your brain. So the language you use externally when you talk to other people, right? 
This includes even body language. It all starts from your head. It all starts from your actual internal language patterns, right? There's this whole thing called, and I've never really studied it, but neuro-linguistic programming, right? Again, I don't really know much about this stuff, but it's an interesting concept that neuro, which means brain, linguistic, which means language, right? Programming that there's actually ways to use language to reprogram your brain. But there's also, we're already programming our brain with the wrong stuff and we don't even know it throughout the day. When we use the word should in our brain, I should do this. Do you know that should is a sign that you are procrastinating? The, the word should, anytime the word should comes up to you, the human body, they've done studies on this, will feel a little hit of anxiety when the word should goes through your brain. I should really have work. I should, should is resistance to the present moment. Anytime you say should, you're usually thinking of the future or thinking of the past is 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 presence right this is true i did not work out this morning right you will take more action in is than you ever will in should reality is the best motivator right but we have to stop contemplating so we add a zero to our goals. Just, just do it. Just add a zero to your goals. Just play with it for a second. Okay. You said you want to make a hundred thousand. Okay. The only zero to add is your night. Now your goal is to make a million. The question is, are you going to either a become the person that can make a million or B give up? That's really it. <laughs> so choose one. So if you choose option one, unmute and say the word become Become. Become. Okay, thank you. And hopefully nobody's going to unmute and say, give up. Because <laughs> you wouldn't be at Breakfast with Champions if you, uh, if you did that. So, so once you've committed to the goal, stop contemplating. Increase the size of the goal. The third step, so step number one is add a zero to your goals. Step number two is stop contemplating. Step number three is operate as if, right? So operating as if is live your day, your life, your week, your month, operate as if you had the resources, you had that commitment or goal. I'm gonna start using the word commitment exclusively instead of the word goal. Um, operate as if that commitment is real. Like stick your chest out. I am this person. And you know, it's going to, it's going to feel like it's going to feel a little scary. You're going to feel imposter syndrome. So you guys have, you know, you guys have, I'll just be vulnerable. Like right now, like, you know, I, I just, you know, acquired four companies in the last like 60 days. And, you know, I was talking to someone on a coaching call for someone who's, uh, who's in one of my programs. And, you know, she was telling me, she was like, oh, I'm not scared of anything. 
I was like, oh, well, tell me more. Yeah, no, I feel like I'm fearless. I feel like I'm, you know, I'm not scared of anything. I was like, hmm, that's interesting because I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm scared all the time. I'm, I'm really, really scared right now. Like we just went from, we just went from 21 full-time employees to 40 full-time employees. Like I just acquired, you know, four other people, like four businesses whose livelihoods depend on me as CEO of the company to make us successful and to provide for their families. Like I am scared. I feel like an imposter right now. I don't feel I have the skills yet yet unmute and say the word yet yes 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 yet. Yet. now yet is a powerful word because yet signifies that it just hasn't become true yet but it is true in some point in the time continuum it will be true this is the whole concept of a future truth right so I was in my office two days ago at like 8 p.m. I'm like, dang, this is this is a lot of responsibility. You know, we're merging a team of, you know, 20 people into our company right now. And, you know, we, <laughs> we doubled our client size, doubled our YouTube subscribers, doubled our email list size. Like there's this is this is this is really exciting, you know, um, and yet. I'm scared, but I'm going to operate as if I'm going to operate as if I got this because in, in studies on confidence and people who have high levels of confidence, the phrase that goes through their head in million and one variations is this phrase and write this down if you're taking notes or just repeat it out loud to yourself. I got this. Go ahead. Press the unmute button. Say, I got this. 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 Let's keep saying it. Let's say it a couple more times. I got this. 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 All good. I got it. I got this. All good. I got this. Right? I got this. I got this. No, it's all good. I got this. I got this. I got this. It's not some fake, false, you fluff confidence. Like, once you say, I got this, once you're operating as if, once you've increased the size of your goals and the level of responsibility behind your actions, like then you gotta, you gotta invest in yourself to deserve it. This isn't just self-talk, this is life. Like this is a pretty important thing, which is why the fourth point, when you're operating as if, you gotta realize time is limited. It is the resource for sure that will run out for every human being. Time will end for all of us, for an individual person, in, unless they come up with uh, some crazy stem cell thing that allows us to live forever. So you don't have a choice but to operate as if right now, because time is limited, right? Like, why? waste time contemplating sometimes you got to just make decisions in your life for excitement purposes who cares if the math isn't perfect or if there's you could you know or everything doesn't perfectly you know cross the t's and dot the i's blah 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 blah, blah. 
sometimes in life, you got to make decisions. That's like, dang, that's going to be so fun. Like, this is going to be so fun. I, I'm, I'm excited. We lose the excitement because we think we have more time. The illusion of having more time is why we move slow until it's too late, right? Until it's too late, until we realize, you know, maybe something happens to our health. And we realize, oh, wow, I'm not getting any, you know, my body is not getting any, you know, uh, stronger. I mean, you can, you can fight against what's called entropy, right? You can fight against the gradual decline of the human apparatus. But when you're a hundred, if you live to 120 years old, like newsflash, your, your joints are going to hurt a little more. You're not going to be able to lift as much weight. Your bones are going to be more brittle. Like that, it's pretty impossible at 120 years old to, to have stronger bones, bigger muscles, and more life vitality. It's just, it's hard. And, and, it's, and it's not a fun reality to embrace. So what if we could compress? What if we could compress an entire year into a month? And what if we could compress an entire month into a week? Then we'd live a hundred lives by age a hundred. Think about that. This is why rapid progress in any area of your life is like the most fun way to live. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Life, it's so much more fun because like when you committed to a lot of stuff and, and you're like, you're like, how am I going to figure this out? Like, I don't feel capable. I don't feel fully, <laughs> you know, uh, I feel like I'm an imposter whatever the thoughts are like that. Those are good thoughts. That those are, those are healthy thoughts to work through. Right. I'm sure Elon Musk, when the third rocket blew up was like, dang, maybe I shouldn't have been a CEO of a rocket company. Never built a rocket before. Right. And, and tons of interviews. And I've said this before, Elon is interviewed and, and he says, it's not that I don't feel the fear. It's that I make my decisions and I act in spite of the fear. So I've said this before. Fear is wetting your pants. Courage is doing what you set out to do with wet pants. Like bring on the wet pants. The commitment is the commitment is the commitment. <laughs> I'll do it with wet pants and I'll, I'll add this in. I'll do it with wet pants that everyone can see in front of thousands of people on stage. Cause most people don't have the courage to wet their pants. 
you know, for the first time, like because of these these uh, acquisitions that we're doing as a company, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm having to ask banks for millions of dollars right now. I'm, I'm you know working with banks and stuff, and I feel like a little chump. I, I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never done this before. But in you know, if when you make big commitments, you can learn things really really quick. And you know, in my first three, you know. Anytime, here's the here's the thing: is we we learn as we commit. We learn as we commit. There is no such thing. If you're in a rapid growth phase, as over planning, like you can't over plan. When you're when you're constantly making big commitments, your plan is built. As you're in the sky, like they say, build the plane as you're flying or, or build the parachute on the way down. Right. That is exactly it. If I, if there is one phrase that I could, I could use to encapsulate these, these super successful people that I, I get mentored by that went through rapid growth in their lives or whatever, their business, their lives their finances. It's that, that is the one thing <laughs> I, you know, i interviewed a lot of people who who have had very rapid success in their lives and i'm telling you it all comes down to this we're building the parachute after we jump out of the plane so jumping out of the plane is the actual thing that needs to happen like for all of us and 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 then the the panic that comes after you jumped out of the plane it's going to force you to build the parachute. Like there's no choice. Like if, if I don't build, this is what's called a forcing function. A forcing function. Okay. So a forcing function is the whole back up against the wall concept, right? We don't put ourselves up against the wall. Like when you, when you put a million dollars on the line or $2 million on the line, there is no choice. This is why one of the magics and the magic in growing a business is spending a lot of money on advertising. Because when you do that, like, you know, a lot of people play the slow and steady thing where they're like, Oh, I just want to grow my organic following slowly. Okay. Well then like you can do that. I'm sure there's ways to do it. I haven't figured that out. What I, what I would say is if you want to grow really fast in your business, learn how to make a lot of money in a really short period of time and reinvest all of it and get, get known and, and spend a lot of money on advertising because it's pain. Pain is the number one way that humans progress, right? So, I mean, it's great to think that we can progress by what's called, you know, benefit driven motivation, benefit driven motivation is improve your life, right? That, that is what that is half as impactful in a human being's motivation than pain motivation, right? Think about it like this. <laughs> this is a funny example. I want my foot to feel perfect. Okay. Versus I just stepped on a nail on my foot. Help. 
I need a solution now. <laughs> right? So that, that, ver that, that example of stepping on a nail and having that pain is actually, is actually a tool for rapid growth. Okay? So number four, time is limited. So put yourself into a massive action state, right? And stop contemplating. Operate as if. Number five, embrace this fact. Can I get a yes if you're listening? Yes. 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 Oh, yes. 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 Okay. Here's the fact. Here's the fact. Here's the fact. Here's the fact. Success flows to the biggest belief system. I'll say it again. Success flows to the biggest belief system. Success does not flow to the little belief system. Just want to get by, just want to do that. It's harder for success to find you. Look at your belief system as a net, as a net for opportunity. Big belief system. Like I just texted uh, one of my business partners this morning. I'm like, dude, I think we can reach a billion dollar valuation by 2026. I, I literally texted him. Uh, here, I'll read the exact text I sent him. I said, I said, I think we can reach a billion dollar valuation by 2026. Was just brainstorming. I need to start the SaaS product roadmap and scale plan. He replies back and he goes, let's book a meeting tomorrow, 1030, uh, 10.30 a.m. And uh, we'll get this uh, our SaaS partner on and uh, uh, we'll get our SaaS partner on. Can you be on at 1030? I don't know. Is it true? I don't know. I was, I was doing some journaling this morning. I was like, how could the company be worth a billion by 2026? I, I don't know. I, it, it's, all, it's, it's all just expanding your brain to see what's possible. Right. And then sometimes when you actually when you actually kind of play these thought exercises, like what if that was true? How would this happen? Right. So that's obviously not a commitment yet. My commitment is clear. I do have a clear financial target for 2026. But billion dollar valuation, not a commitment yet. When it is a commitment, that's going to be scary. <laughs> Because I know the work that that's going to take, right? The alternative, right, to, to having a huge belief, like, this is weird. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm worried right now that it's kind of like flowing through, you know, one ear and out the other for, for some people who are not in a position right now to be thinking at that level. But there is never a good time to start thinking big. Like, there's never a perfect time. The time is now. What if I ran a, what if I ran a, a $10 million company, right? What if I ran a, a $40 million company? What if I ran $100 million? Like, I'm saying, like, think this for yourself. Like, what if? 
most of our what ifs are negative oriented. What if I invest money in this thing and it doesn't return? You're thinking small. What if I invest money in this thing and it goes right and, 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 and my beliefs get reconfirmed by this, right? Like this is the, this is the hard part is like, for example, someone was telling me uh, that they were like spending, you know, a thousand dollars a month on advertising or something and it needed to work out for them or like they were going to like go under or something. It's like, I was like, do you not realize the language pattern you just use in your head is the reason why a thousand dollars a month is do or die for you? Like I, like I came on here yesterday, you guys are doing the fundraiser. I had no idea what was going on. Glenn just was like, Hey Bill, how much money just pulled me up randomly. He's like, how much money are you going to donate? And I, I had an internet connection problem. And I was like, 2000. I had no idea what I was donating to. I probably should have said 20,000. But the, it's not the, it's not the things you invest in that, that can, that can crush you. It's your own thinking processes that can crush you. Cause a thousand dollars a month. I mean, you know, Glenn's offered you guys actually an ability for a thousand dollars a month to learn from some of the mentors on this stage, breakfast champions. Like be aware of that thinking process. What, what do you believe about parting ways with a thousand a month? Or what do you believe about parting ways with 10,000 a month? What do you believe about that? What's the language pattern around that? Right. So once we've done the upside math, which is a term that I kind of just started using recently, once you've done the upside math for your life, I'm going to get in this shape. I'm going to have this, da, 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 I'm going to have all this stuff. Most people, most people stop at the goal, but then they don't do the, okay, what do I need to invest? What do I need to invest in order to have, I want 50, five, zero, 50 insurance policies that this goal is going to actually get done. I need backup plans on backup plans on backup plans on backup plans on backup plans. We just hired a, we just hired a six person sales team and a chief revenue officer. And we have backup plans for the, for the, uh, for if the salespeople that we hired don't work because the sales goal is real, right? The alternative would be, I want to make more sales and maybe, maybe one day I'll hire one salesperson. That's not too strong of an insurance policy, right? And then some of some, I mean, a lot of the members, you know, a, a lot of the, um, you know, business owners struggle with doing everything yourself. Does anyone here struggle with doing too much stuff yourself? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. We all do. Yes. Well, the problem is we haven't made a commitment to the stuff we won't do. So I remember when I started my business, there's two commitments I made that had a 
bigger impact on anything in my business ever. The first commitment was that 10 sales are made without any of Bill's involvement. I remember I wrote this down. I thought it was insane. I was like, what? I am the, like, I'm the primary salesperson for my business. There's no way I could give up sales. But I kept reading these books. You know, I have a book in front of me, which I'll, I'll kind of summarize some key takeaways from, from Reed Hoffman, the founder of LinkedIn. It's called Masters of Scale. It's a really good book I'm reading right now. Like, I read all these books from these brilliant minds. And I was like, well, none of the, none of these billionaires or really successful people are, are sales reps for their own business, right? It's insane to think. So I got to give up sales, but I'm good at sales, but I like talking to people, right? I don't care. The, the target is the target. I got to give up sales in order to get to the target. Therefore, I will give up sales. And then you learn how to multiply your efforts. So once I gave up one-on-one -on -one sales in my business and had to hire a sales rep and go through the process of losing a sales rep and building sales systems and building a CRM, and the commitment forced learning how to build a sales team or how to hire just one salesperson to take over the sales calls from the business, right? That gave me more time to focus on marketing. So then I started thinking to myself, hmm, how do I multiply my salesmanship, quote unquote? And the next logical step was webinars. If I can use the same salesmanship that I have and skills, and instead of me doing it on a one-to-one -on -one, one -one basis, I can do it one to 300, that is a more valuable use of my time. So I 300X'd, in essence, I 300X'd my per hour output by starting to sell via webinars, right? And then the next level above that is to create evergreen webinars where you record one video and then the webinar plays on, on autopilot, on repeat in the background. So you made one video and then it, you know, and then it runs kind of in the background. That's the highest level right, of, of uh, uh, you know, in, in my world, it, you know, of the highest level of, I put in one hour of time and it, and it pays me for two and a half years as that evergreen webinar runs in the background. That's just a more advanced thing. But the point is, like, you, you get what you commit to. And some of you need to commit to, if you want to grow a business, stopping doing the thing that you're precisely good at. <laughs> and it's scary. The next biggest commitment I made is a digital marketing. This is when we were just a marketing agency. A digital marketing account is fully fulfilled without any of Bill's input. Meaning when we signed on a marketing client for our agency, I would never touch the client. I wouldn't do the onboarding. I wouldn't do any of the building of landing pages or Google ads campaigns or anything. That was the second most important commitment I ever made. So I had to build a team. Okay, I got to build someone to, I got to hire someone to build the landing pages. I got to hire someone to build blah, 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 right? You get what you commit to, right? And giving up, committing to what you're going to give up 
gosh, that's so powerful, right? So let's talk about these. Um, uh, so I'll, I'll summarize. Number one, add a zero to your goals. Number two, stop contemplating. Number three, operate as if. Number four, realize your time is limited. So move faster. Number five, embrace the fact that success flows to the biggest belief system. Success flows to the biggest belief system. Okay. So the next thing I want to talk about is the importance of the word no. So I was reading this book, like I said, Masters of Scale by uh, Reed Hoffman, who's the founder of LinkedIn. And he's done all these interviews on his YouTube, uh, Blitz Scaling. And he has a book also called Blitz Scaling. Blitz Scaling is essentially, this is what I've been studying for the last four years, is how does a, how does a company go into a market and achieve over 200% year-over-year growth for multiple years in a row? That's all I've been studying in business. That's it. That's what blitz scaling is. So he did all these blitz scaling interviews with the founder of Airbnb, the founder of uh, the founder of Netflix, the founders, uh, the CEO of Google, uh, Marissa Meyer, who's employee ten of Google and former CEO of Yahoo. The list goes on and on. The founder of Stripe Payment Processing and all these companies that surpass billion dollar valuations really quickly. And in doing that, he also teaches, you know, uh, uh, startup, you know, classes and stuff. He found that the word no is actually one of the most profitable words in business. I know this is crazy because most people are heard go, uh, you know, get, get uh, three yeses and then ask for the sale. Like in sales, it's like get, get like a couple micro yeses, but the word no you actually don't want to go for yes in your business. You want to go for no. And this is what it means. Do you think anybody before Airbnb existed, do you think anybody thought to themselves, no, I don't want to stay in some random stranger's apartment. Go ahead, unmute and say yes if you think someone said no to Airbnb before it existed. Yes. 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 Okay. On ground 10%. Yeah. Think about that. Okay. Now think about this, right? So, so do you think someone said no when, before Uber existed when they're like, uh, no, I don't want to drive in some stranger's car. Unmute and say yes. If you think someone said no to Uber. Yes, for sure. Yes. 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 Okay. All billion dollar ideas are built on the back of no. Here is the epiphany. The epiphany is if people aren't saying no to your idea, it's probably just another one of those. Because if everyone goes, oh, wow, that's such a good idea. As soon as you share an idea, it's an A. It's either someone who doesn't have the courage to actually tell you the truth, that it's not, it doesn't sound like a good idea, right? Or if they're actually saying yes from a critical thinking viewpoint, then the idea has probably already been built by someone.
So we actually need to go for no in our business ideas. Because no is a sign of what Warren Buffett calls a competitive moat. All successful billion dollar companies in some way or form are a monopoly. If you compare the total amount of revenue generated by the airline industry, like by airlines, and you compare it to Google's revenues for just their search engine revenues, most people would, would not even really know the comparison there, but in a, in, in a study that was done uh, a couple of years ago, this may have changed, but the airlines were doing way more revenue than Google. And this probably is still true. I just don't know the up-to-date statistics. The airlines generated during this time, like, I don't know, 10 times more revenue than Google. The average profit in the airline industry is what percent? Goose eggs, zero. If you take all the airlines and average their prop, their revenues and their expenses, airlines usually net out at 0% profit margins. Google, however, has insane profit margins, right? When they were scaling their search product, the reason that their search engine product, which primar primarily their revenue comes from the advertisements on page one of Google at the top of Google, which is what our business does for lawyers. Um, so most of their, we, we run Google ads for lawyers as one piece of our business. Um, they generate really high profit margins on that. So if I were to ask you to list a, a to make a, make me a list of all the airlines that you could choose for a thousand different flights, you probably could come up with, I don't even know, let's say over a thousand different potential airlines or maybe 500. And you think to yourself, okay, well, what makes me choose one airline over the other? It's like, yeah, whatever, price, kind of like, you know, time of day and just do they do, you know, do they do, um, uh, do they do uh, nonstop from my location to where I want to fly to? It's really, it's a commodity niche, right? Google, if I were to tell you that list all of the search engines that you can use online when looking something up, you're gonna run out of options in 60 seconds. There's not many options, right? They built a monopoly. Now, they diversify, they do all this stuff to show the, the, you know, the, the SEC and the government that they're not a monopoly so they don't get antitrust lawsuits, but they're a monopoly in the search engine world. Search engine, Google, it's the top search engine. Google owns YouTube, and that's the that's the uh, you know that's the number two search engine, right? Amazon's up there now. The bottom line is, they built a monopoly on the back of a no. Now, a no doesn't have to be a billion dollar idea. A no 
could be a family member, you telling a family member that you want to start your own business. And the family member says, what? No. <laughs> no. Family member says, no. I don't think you should. I think you got a good job. I think, I think your life's going pretty good. You have, you have family, you have people you need to support, you know, no, I don't think you should start a business. Well, that, that, that should show you if people are saying no, that's something to run towards. Cause if everyone is saying no about something, that means that there's an opportunity in that thing. Then you share your idea. Like, you know, I want to create, um, this online marketplace where people can, da, 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 and everyone's like, no, right? And that means you should probably look deeper into that, right? As you're looking at your business model, trust your own internal nose, right? There's this, there's this concept called the blue ocean strategy, which is such a good book on how to create the perception in your business as though you are the only choice for something. So we've done this in our business and it allowed us to, you know, scale to over eight figures now in just four years. And it's on one core assumption it's that people don't want marketing agencies. They want coaching combined with a marketing agency. So they understand what marketing services they're buying and so that they can build a better business as they're receiving marketing services. So we launched a, a coaching program for lawyers to the side of our marketing agency and our business skyrocketed. Everyone that ran, that I was in masterminds with that ran marketing agencies said, that's stupid, man. That's a distraction. You're going in the wrong direction. You know, stay focused on your niche. Do one thing well. I said, no, I'm not doing it, right? And for us, that one core assumption was enough of a no to help our business grow in our own little relative growth cycle, which is nothing compared to a Google or an Airbnb. But in our own little world, we operated on a core assumption that created a blue ocean opportunity, meaning a blue ocean is essentially, you know, picture a blue ocean and picture a red ocean. Airline industry, red ocean. Red ocean means there's tons of meat scraps in the water. There's tons of competitors. There's sharks everywhere. It's really competitive. Blue ocean is a big blue ocean. And there's one or two islands, super clean, one or two islands in that ocean. Right. And those one or two islands are the one or two competitors or quote unquote monopolies in that blue ocean. So some of you just by augmenting your business model slightly, in business, just by augmenting just a little bit, you could create a blue ocean. Like for us, adding marketing services and coaching together under one umbrella was that solution for us. What is that for you? What if you were to take, this is something I learned from one of my mentors, Jay Abraham. Uh, he says, if you can take a concept that is as common as dirt in another industry, and bring it into your industry, you can create a blue ocean opportunity. So if you think outside of the box, 
doesn't have to be that difficult to create something that's super, that goes super viral. You don't have to build the next Facebook or the next Airbnb or the next Uber. So run towards no is, is the concept here. And understand sometimes, most times the no's that you get were not well thought through. It's just someone trying to protect you. There's one last thing I want to kind of hit on, which is based on my research over the last um, weekend. From reading this book, Masters of Scale, I found that there's three ways to scale a business. So I'm going to share this for those of you who are looking to um, rapidly scale your business. Number one is acquisition. Not, not in any particular order. These are three models to scaling a business that are easy to understand. Number one is acquisition. Number two is marketing first. And number three is product market fit. So I'll explain all these. So acquisition is buying other companies, right? Which I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of skip this one because that requires capital, banking relationships. There's a lot of barriers to that, but it is the it is one of the fastest ways to grow a company is through what's called external growth, right? So for those of you who are doing over 5 million a year and you've, and you've capped out in your business, maybe it's time to look into acquisitions because it is a cheat code and it's the best way to, uh, it's actually a really powerful recruiting mechanism as well. All right, number two, marketing first. This is the stuff that on Clubhouse everyone likes to talk about how to grow your social media and how to grow your, how to grow following base and how to get blah, 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 blah. And this is overused. The whole concept of the marketing first scaling. So I'll explain this marketing first scaling is where you build a, like a, a, a unstoppable brand, preferably in a niche. And then you expand outside of that niche. Once you proven proof of concept. Right, so think Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone became omnipresent in the auto niche, right? He became known by everyone in that auto niche. And then as soon as he grew, outgrew the auto niche, well, not as soon as, uh, he probably should have expanded wide earlier, but when he, you know, when he reached his capacity in the auto niche, eventually he decided to go wide, right? He followed a marketing first approach. Think like Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary V is a perfect example of this known by a lot of people. And because he built such a powerful brand, he can roll out whatever he wants. Like he can roll out a wine company. He could roll, he gets you know, clients for his high, high level agency. He built a huge brand, right? Lewis Howes, another example of this, did this through interviewing, right? There's a lot of businesses that are built on the backs of the marketing first model, right? The marketing first model is a viable model for people who are not looking to create something disruptive. Like if you just want to start a cupcake shop, right? And a local cupcake shop, then you should probably use the marketing first model because chances are you're not gonna be able to find product market fit and you're not gonna go acquire a billion, you know, a million cupcake shops. So your only choice in most service businesses, your only choice is to scale 
through marketing to get known by a lot of people for whatever your specialty is. That allows you to increase your prices. That, that allows you to cherry pick the clients that you take on, right? That allows you, it allows you to make a lot of money for the same number of clients. The more positioned you are in your niche, the higher your prices can go. We just held a challenge. We just held a, uh, we just held a 30 day uh, challenge. I'm not, I'm sorry, not 30 days. We just held a five day challenge two weeks ago. <laughs> we made a $72,000 offer at the challenge. 6K a month for 12 months. How do you do that? How do you make a $72,000 offer during a virtual event, virtual event? Well, we did, and we, you know, we got $2 million in signed contracts from that event. How do we do that? We did it through marketing first, the marketing first model, meaning put out so much free stuff. And by the way, guys, you know, it, it, look at me on Clubhouse. I have 17,000 followers, but that's nothing. I mean, you know, I don't, you know, I have 5,000 uh, uh, subscribers on, on YouTube. That's not a lot. Like, I, it, it's all about the email list. So what I keep trying to tell people, like, stop focusing on vanity, like growing your followers and start focusing on your back end systems and processes. What happens after you get a follower is more important than getting a follower. I mean, they're both really important. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, actually, I would say getting followers maybe is a little more important because without the followers, you can't, you can't actually monetize anything. But I just think People don't spend enough time building the back end of their business. What happens after the lead comes in, right? But, you know, I had people ask me, I had like multiple people after the event, because we always have competitors of ours secret shop our virtual events because of how much sales we do on them. And uh, I got messages from some people who were like, how did, how did you do that? How did you make a $72,000 offer at the event? I was like, dude, you're, you're missing the whole point. It's, it's not because of what we did at the event. It's because of everything we did before the event, <laughs> the, the hundreds of YouTube videos, the, the 16 eBooks I made last year, the, all the free webinars we put on during our talk show, all the thought leaders we interview, all this builds up to the point where when I make an offer, the no like, and trust factor is already there. So I think the harder and more valuable skill in the marketing first model is how do you take a cold audience to warm? How do you take people who don't know you to at least know, like, and trust? That's the harder part. Figure that out. You can be mediocre with everything else and still make a lot of money. So that's the mar so so the first way to scale business is ac is acquisition in these three models. The second is marketing first, which 80% of you should be focusing on marketing first right now so you can get enough money, so you can get enough what? Money. 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 Money, 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 money. Money. <laughs> I knew we were going to get one more. <laughs> Cash. Dollar. 
pounds. Yeah, pounds, money, dollars. Marketing first is the is the best way to get money now. Becoming known, becoming the authority in your market, right? So the next one, the third one is product market fit. And this is where most people just their eyes glaze over. They don't even think about it. Product market fit. This is where you become a billionaire is through product market fit. Pro let's talk about this because product market fit can apply on a, on a very low level scale that everyone here can implement today. Product market fit can apply to a day-to-day -day scale of your life and business and a macro scale of your life and business. So think about this. Product market fit is exactly what it sounds like. Product market. Let's define these. Product is the product or service that you provide to a marketplace. And the market has a couple of factors. A, the needs of the market that you serve. B, timing. C, technology. Let's start with those three categories, right? So does what you, here's the bottom, here's how to kind of phrase product market fit. Does the crap you sell match what people actually want? I'll say that very slowly again. Does the crap you sell match what people actually want? So this is why like a lot of people, I believe, make the mistake in business of constantly increasing their prices. It, it boggles my mind because look at all the companies that we use every day that have huge, huge impacts on the world. Right. Think Amazon, Uber, Ikea, like I, I'm, I'm giving you through like just just from a from a profit and loss statement perspective, like Ikea is a great example. Most profitable furniture chain in the world, one of the lowest priced furniture chains. How is that? Because they found product market fit, right? So it's not always about higher prices, right? Unless that's what you want. I mean, if that's, that's what you want, that's, that's fine. You can have that. I mean, it's not always about just raise your prices, raise your prices, raise your prices, raise your prices, raise your prices. So you got to ask yourself, like, what kind of business do I want to run? We have this program that's called the lawyer mastermind club. Okay, we rolled this out and it's basically it's a it's a recording. It's like a portal where we have recordings of all of our interviews with the thought leaders that we've interviewed on our talk show. Um, the Ed Milets, the Jordan Belforts, the, you know, the Vern Harnish of Scaling Up, the Dan Sullivan's, the Jay Abrahams, all that. Right. So we have we have all the recordings stored in this portal. One day we were like, okay, we have this portal. Let's just start selling it to people for, uh, I think 50 bucks a month, 40, 49 bucks a month. We start selling it. We got like, I don't even know, maybe like 
I don't know, a thousand or something, just under a thousand. I don't, I don't know what the numbers are, but somewhere like around a thousand people who are in our lawyer mastermind club, 50 bucks a month. You do the math. <laughs> okay. At a thousand people, that would be $50,000 a month. When we ran our numbers for, for this year, I think we had like, I don't know, five people cancel their subscription with us on that $50 a month thing. That is a sign of product market fit. That low ticket offer that we had of this little recording portal of our, of our Tuesday interviews that we hold with people is in product market fit. So think of it this way. If what, if what you do is hard to sell someone on, there's a chance you got to change what you do. Think about that. <clears throat> if it's like pulling teeth to sell what you do to someone else, right? It's a sign that maybe your price is too high or your offer isn't actually matching their needs. So, um, as, as you guys are, are used to by now, um, you know, I, I, I usually don't, uh, I don't, I don't slow down and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dumb down these concepts. I'm just sharing my life experiences as I go through this crazy growth journey that I'm on with all of you here, fresh as a champion, everyone unmute, give yourself a round of applause for being here today. Do it for you. All right, guys. So uh, I'm done here. Uh, and uh, that's all I got. Swig me a follow on Instagram. I go live every day. I post myself doing my morning routine to kick you in the butt every morning. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.